Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Yeah, see you all. I was All right, sorry about that. I I forget my messages. So, how's it going, Chris? Nice to meet you. Um, I think we follow each other on Twitter. Haven't got a chance to talk to you before. How's yeah, it going absolutely. today? Nice to meet you as well, Chris. You you were on vacation. How's Hawking Hills this time of year? It's great. It was very warm, but but it was okay. a lot of fun. We went out there, did the paddle boat thing with the kiddos, and had a good old time. Yesterday, uh, we did some of the zip lining. And that is okay. fantastic. If you've never done that down there, that is fantastic. I had three kids. All three had a blast, which like never happens, right? If you have kids, you take out three kids. <laughs> and to have all three of them walk away going, that was fantastic, Dad. Made for That's like impressive. the best Father's Day ever. So we had a great time. Fantastic. That's my problem. I can't find something that all my kids like to do. Yeah, my life is tough. That's the first time in my entire career as a father that I've ever done it, Chris. I, honestly. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we, we got a lot to talk about. Obviously, you're well known on Twitter. Um, Reflog18, well, underscore 18 is your yeah, handle on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you've done a lot of stuff. You're set up for a podcast. You do some podcasting of Ohio sports. You're a big Browns fan. We'll have to talk about that a, a little bit. But let's get to the main part. So, you know, I work for the Dispatch and the Inquirer. Mm-hmm. I, I was putting together some social media posts about you on Saturday morning. And, you know, Larry Householder, it's a big story here in Ohio. Yeah. First um, politician in 150 years to be expelled from a state house. I guess the last time someone did that, they punched another state house member. Um, <laughs> I guess all Larry Householder back, did back was... Back then, it was probably the way they resolved conflict. That was yes. like, <laughs> as was tradition at the time. Right, right. <laughs> And now it just took somebody being accused of what, you know, taking what, $61 million of bribes. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, pretty you know, what's worse? Oops. It's kind of wild. So, so what you're thinking, Chris? I, I know you've done a lot of fun stuff. I know you do a lot of uh, good stuff on social. I mean, it's gotten a lot of attention. I mean, good night. I put in papers all across Ohio from what I do at work. Yeah. Uh, what's your idea behind pursuing this? I mean, is this something fun or are you really thinking, Hey, maybe I can come and make a difference on that. Yeah. Yeah. You're asking basically, are you serious? Right. Yeah, yeah. Are you serious? Are you actually <laughs> doing this? Are you actually going to run? And the answer, the answer is yes. I, I mean, you look at right now, uh, you ask the question, do you really care? Right. Mm-hmm. Do I really care? Do people really care? Mm-hmm. And, and it seems like we've come to this place where everybody shows that they care by changing their AV to like an American flag or a, a bald eagle or something. That's how they show that they care. I want the people that show that they care by like voting for the county auditor in May. Right. Okay. The people that go to their school board, the people that are actually on the ground doing things. 
right? They're voting in local elections. And that's what this is, right? This represents three counties um, here in Ohio, uh, Licking, Coshocton, and Perry counties, uh, which I'm very familiar with. Obviously, I live right here in Granville in Licking County. Um, I was just actually today in Coshocton because my son is at uh, summer camp at Conesville. And if you've ever been Mm -hmm. to Conesville, Mm -hmm. there's not a whole lot there. There's an AEP plant. Uh, It's a coal plant where they donated a bunch of land and they donated to the Muskingum um, Council for uh, for scouts. So he's up there for a week for scouts. So which is fantastic. But um, uh, what I want to do is is I want to represent the people of those those three counties. And I feel that, you know, the mix of my experience and, and, you know, away from Twitter, uh, I also, you know, I'm, I'm a director level with a family business that's run out of Columbus, Pinnacle Metal Products, right? We make metal stairs, metal rails, and uh, we've grown that grown that business precipitously over the last 20 years. Um, so I'm pretty, pretty uh, proud of the work we've done there and, and the decision making that I've made there. And, and then also my ability to communicate with people. Uh, okay. You know, I think there's a missing link there uh, for, for many politicians, and there's a huge gap. Right. Um, right now, we're in that that mode um, where people are saying, hey, do we really do social media as politicians? And now we're in that mode where, so- where politicians just kind of yell, yell yeah. on social media. Right? right. You see you see their memes come out and they're retweeting memes and everybody thinks that that's just fantastic. And I think there's room for for, for the next wave. And for me, what that looks like is really genuinely interacting with people. And, and you may think, hey, this this reflaw guy, I mean, this guy's a joke, right? He, he puts together the Browns 0-16 parade. Uh, you know, he's doing anything for pub. Uh, but but there's also that part that this guy also listens to people. If you okay. look at my feed, I interact with people all the yeah. time. All the time. Like, I'll interact with trolls. I'll interact with people with genuine concerns about things, with genuinely good ideas. I mean, it really doesn't matter. And that, to me, is truly hearing the people, right? You don't have to go through some official handle on an email to get a hold of, of me if I represent the folks out there. Uh, you don't have to call in and get, a, get, a, get an administrative assistant and just sit there on hold forever and then get get put into my uh put into my voicemail i mean you can actually interact with me on twitter now obviously all the trolls i can't get back to uh but i do a good amount and and there are some really good ideas that are out there and i'm open to that and that's really the crux of what i'm running on is like hey I, i think we could take this to the next level with this stuff which is really not more social media more memes or anything like that it's really what social media is designed to be and what we're eventually going to get to when it all matures, I think, and that's people actually listening and talking yeah. to each other rather than me putting out a bunch of political ads all the time. And we'll have some fun with all of that. Right. Cause that's obviously what I do, but at the same time, listening to what people have to say. Okay. Um, there was a question. And again, we're, we just got the application. Um, right. They were saying that you might live like a half mile outside a certain area. Have you heard any feedback on what that is? Is that it, it something looks, that you're still able to do or what, what's happening with that? Yeah. Yeah. And I've talked to a few people about this. I'm about three miles away, right? Okay. <laughs> three miles. Like literally I run when I go out for a run and this is, this is kind of a flex that I run. So there, mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. you got to at least give me this, placate <laughs> me on this one. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, but I run, I run literally between the two districts. Right. And okay. I actually, I don't live in that same district and there are certain rules and certain stipulations, but with the way that this is, uh, this seat is going to be appointed. It's unclear as to how, how, yeah. how they're going to view it. 
right? And I've talked to several people. I'm talking to a few more this afternoon, actually, after I get off with you to find out, okay, what do I have to do? Uh, if I am appointed, does that mean I have to move? Do I have to buy, you know, some, some real estate in that area? What would, I, what would that look like so that I know exactly what it is? Um, okay. But at this point, you know, I'm just as just as viable of candidate as anybody else. And I hope, uh, hope the speaker cup, uh, certainly thinks of me that way because, uh, it looks like from everything that I've seen, I am more than eligible, uh, to be, to be running for it. Well, like you, said, something, you, you can move. It's not disqualifying. I mean, you can move right. three miles on the road and you should be fine. I can um, squat, right? Yeah. Get an apartment down. I, yeah, I mean, for for all uh, for all due purposes, I mean, with the way things are gerrymandered, if you really look at the heart of what we're trying to do, right? right. Does Chris McNeil actually live in Licking County? Yes, in that part of Licking County, no. Okay, but I spend a lot of time, obviously, in that part of Licking County. Right. I spend a lot of time in Coshocton. Uh, you know, I spend a lot of time in all three uh, of these of, of these areas. So. Um, you know, I, I think it's, you know, I don't know if it's as material as what uh, what it may be, but, you know, rules are rules. So if there is a rule, we'll figure out what I need to do there. So what's the application process like? Because it's an appointed position. It so is. who decides? I mean, you go to Speaker, you know, Speaker Cup. Does he decide? Is it Republicans decide? Is it the whole that's what I understand. Okay. That's okay. my understanding at this point is there's the application process, which is you put in your resume, you put in your cover letter, which I did. And, okay. and I think I very poignantly said exactly why I felt I was a good fit for this position. Yeah. And uh Senator and uh Speaker Cup then gets to appoint somebody for that chair. And I don't know how many other candidates he's looking at. I'm sure there are okay. many. Um, but I haven't seen any kind of a field for it. I haven't gotten, I, I kind of expected once I threw my hat into the ring, I, I would see, okay, here are the people who are in consideration. I haven't seen anything like that. And that kind of goes back to the whole, you know, visibility thing and, and being really, you know, opaque as, as a government of like, let's, let's see what's going on. Who's he considering? What, what, do, you know, this is an important position, obviously for Ohio. And uh, if he's going to appoint somebody, I think the people, you know, deserve to know who he's, who's in his evoked set. Well, and I'm looking now, I'm actually off today, but we, we ran a story. And so am I. Today. What are we doing, Chris? Yes, I know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think the deadline's pretty quick, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be Wednesday. Okay, Wednesday. yeah. So we got two days. Two days. He's well, that's when I'm that's supposed it's due for the resumes and cover letters was Wednesday. So I don't know what his timeline is as far as making a decision, but it made it sound like it was pretty imminent after that. And it's just up to him then, right? It's not like a yeah. a board or anything. Wow. Now, are they looking at all about your political background? Well, I'm not talking political background, more of like what party you're with or anything. So no one's reached out to me in that way yet. Now, okay. I, I, I'm talking with a few folks later on, and I, I won't get into who it is or anything like that yeah, yeah. here. Um, but, you know, I there are some people that are now reaching out a little bit. I think I think after the weekend, people are kind of waking up Monday morning going, oh, OK, now we now we kind of got to look at this thing. Uh, this guy's okay. out here. Um, you know, this is this is gaining a lot of momentum. And it's something right. we have to explore. So, you know, with me being off and kind of down in Hocking Hills where you can't get wireless, yeah. can't really get the cell phone. It's been really, really uh, hard for me to communicate on my end. So I think now that I'm finally getting back with some of these folks and, and we'll probably see some some momentum on some of this. But uh, but as of right now, yeah, I haven't haven't really dwelled deeply into anybody from either side 
talking about my actual beliefs and and my political platforms and and all that fun stuff. But, but is that part of the application process? Do they say, "Hey, are you a Republican or a Democrat?" Absolutely not. No. Okay, so you no. can be independent, you can be libertarian or whatever. Wig party, wig party. Wow. I'm, let's bring okay. back the wigs, baby. Let's go okay. retro. I mean, retro's in, right? I'm gonna go really retro. It, you know, I'm well. Being part of the media, I, I need to be apolitical. But just out of curiosity, do you lean one way or other? Are you more Democratic, Republican, or I tend to be socially Democratic. I think I'm, okay. I'm pretty progressive socially. Uh, okay. Maybe more um, conservative financially, fiscally, um, as a rule. But you know, anytime anybody tries to pin me down, it seems like there there are so many nuances. I mean, and that's what gets lost too. We were talking about social media. Right. There's no nuance. It is either you are one way or you yeah. are another. Right? right. And that is it. So as soon as you say, hey, I'm with this political party, I'm with yeah, that. I know. It's that a is question. It. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think what I want to introduce is there is a lot of nuance and there is a lot of area in the middle of that aisle. And, and that's where I look. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I would just say, I, I think that's so depicts where I think a lot of people are, at least, you know, for me, mm -hmm. it's like there's we want to make everything so polarized where I think a lot of us, most of us are probably this kind of mixture there in the middle. And we're just being completely ignored uh, by both sides and to have someone who actually wants to listen to people and not just, I mean, that's, uh, that's so refreshing. A yelling minority on both sides. And it's yeah. on both sides, right? And, and very, very loud. Yeah. And some of them are yeah. in my family. I go on Facebook and Oh my gosh, those memes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I got to say, I think I could say this as a journalist. I, mean, I, I can't go one way or other, but I gravitate where people who are somewhat moderate. I mean, obviously, yeah. you have feelings one way or the other. You yeah. might say, hey, I'm this way on one issue or another. But, hey, I like the people who can look at and say, hey, I'm making the right choice here. I'm not just making this choice because I'm Republican or Democrat. You're saying, hey, I'm, I'm valuing that. And sadly, we don't I'm have thinking. I'm yeah, thinking about right. the issue. Right. I'm not being told what my talking points are. I don't yes. have any talking yeah. points. You know, I, I this is me. You know, talk. you see my experience. <laughs> you see where I went to college. You see how I grew up. I, those are the experiences that are going to drive the decisions I make, and that's what I'm going to pull upon. Yeah, and, well, yeah. and that's why 20 years ago, I mean, I liked the McCain's and I liked the uh, yeah. Joe Lieberman, where they had a political party yeah. attached to them, but they were very willing to go across the aisle at various points. That's what they feel was right or not. So. Very good. So you hadn't heard. So Wednesday is the deadline. So, you know, people were interested. They got to get their information in. But you haven't heard yet by when they need to make a decision by, right? That's up I have to them, not. right? No. Okay. No, not at all. Wow. And I'm, I'm encouraging people right now. Don't get in those applications because I want to yes. be the only one. So, so forget what Chris was saying. You know, yeah. and all that stuff I was talking about, get, getting people involved. I'm talking after I get into the position. Right. <laughs> Well, just be lazy. You got other stuff to do with your day, you know? That's right. Just get it in by Thursday. Thursday yes, at 6. Yeah. That's, that'd be fine. There's very stuff to do. There's NBA playoffs and everything oh, else. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. We got the NFL offseason. Come on. That was some great golf on Sundays. Yeah. Well, watch them on DVR, you know, read up right. on the sports and, and don't apply. It'll be good. So, <laughs> hey, we got to talk a little bit about sports. And, Chris, yeah. I I'm challenging your friendship here, but oh, nice. um, Paul and I, I see Joe. the Pittsburgh Pirates stuff behind Paul. Yes, I already yeah. saw that. And we had a rough <laughs> series against you guys. We finally right. pulled one out on Sunday. But that, uh, I'm shocked. That's man. rough. I, I thought we were going to get slaughtered all weekend. 
Well, the problem is we've got one pitcher. We've got Aaron Savali, and then yeah. the rest of it we're just trying to cobble together. And we and the strength of this team is supposed to be our pitching, right? And as the injuries have just decimated our starters, and then our bullpen's been called upon to do more, and then you're putting more on our offense and our offenses. We knew that was going to be a weakness coming in, and now you're going to be relying on young guys like Bobby Bradley, who I think has tremendous, tremendous upside, but you're calling on him to do a lot. You know, and Ramirez can only do so much. And so at some point, even with Tito's leadership, and this is where, you know, a lot of people dog Tito, which is kind of surprising to me, knowing how how, how much he's done for the Red Sox than for us. Uh, but, you know, that the game has somehow passed him by. But I think it's times like this where it's like, wow, he's able to rally this team. We've got one starting pitcher, gentlemen. We've got one, right yeah. now, basically, yeah. right? And he's able to get us going. Outside of that Pirates uh, series, we, we were humming pretty good, you know, as best as yeah. we could with what the situation was. And now we got the Cubs for a couple of games. And it's, it's going to be a weird month with June with the way the scheduling goes. But if we could get through this, who knows? Be a couple of games out in the Central. You know, baseball is such a weird thing. We get healthy. Maybe we make a run at this thing. But I, I don't know how many people really expected us to be, you know, really in it. Uh, after losing Lindor last year, I think yeah. everybody, at least outside of baseball or outside of, you know, the Cleveland area really thought, OK, that's the end of the Indians. People in Cleveland said, well, yeah, OK, we lost and we hate to lose a guy like that. But he didn't have a great season last year, yeah. you know, and, and there's question marks around this guy. So I, I love him. Everything else. Mr. Smile. We love the guy. But there are some question marks. So losing him, oh, we'd love to have him. But maybe we can move on with some of these younger guys we got in Columbus. Well, if you got a limited budget, I mean, do you spend yeah. that money on the contract that Lindor got the Mets? You know, it's it's a tough. There's answer. no way we could have resigned him. There's just no way that that. Well, that, that we, we I, had I an offer on My son and I went to the game Saturday, and I moved out of Cleveland four years ago for work, and I looked at that roster for the Indians. I'm like. I, who are any of these guys? And the fact yeah. that they have the record they have, that they're still in it. I mean, that's yeah. if that's not a testament to Tito. I don't know what is that. That's a great well, point, and, and that's exactly where we're at. Yeah, you know, you're, you're you're relying on these guys so heavily, and the only guy that you recognize is Ramirez on that entire roster. I'm sure as you went through it, and it's just yeah. like wow. And you don't even see Bieber right now. You got him hurt, and then the things that are going on with baseball and pitchers. I'd be interested to see how that affects these guys. You know, Bieber gets hurt about the time all of this stuff starts perking. <sighs> Boy, when when pitching was the strength of our team, and now Major League Baseball is instituting some rules that are very controversial <laughs> at pitchers. It's like that's that 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 hurts a little bit. That's going after you know where we make our hay. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, Even you, you know, Saturday night with uh, Quantrill pitching. I mean. The biggest gift the Indians gave the Pirates was pulling him out because we weren't doing anything against him. So he looked fantastic. <laughs> and he's a long Even reliever. he was looking great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a long reliever. He's one of those just making a start because we got nobody else right now. Where, where do you want the name to go for the Indians? What's your pick? Oh, the, the name? Is that what you said? Yeah, because, you know, they're going to change their name. I'm not sure if it's oh, yeah, this year yeah, or yeah, next yeah. year. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've been around and around on this. I, I'm fine with spiders. I'm yeah. fine with spiders. A lot of people are dogged that name, but I, I don't know. It just seems to work really well with our colors, and I know the Marvel tie-in and all that stuff, but it just seems to work pretty well. I don't like – I've heard Blue Sox. I've heard Guardians because of the Guardians of Traffic. 
out there. I'm not big on either of those. The municipals, that sounds really, really boring. Um, <laughs> you know, Buckeyes, there's no way. You're not going to yeah. do that. Ohio State's not going to let them do that. I don't yeah. fight them anyway. Um, all the other names, there wasn't anything that stood out to me. And Spiders was like, okay, at least we could do something with that one. So I, I think that's my pick right now. I look at it. Hey, it's baseball in Cleveland. Like, I know, like, when the Browns left and they came back, it'd been weird if they were called something else. But I know we have a, you know, the longer we live, we're like, man, we've liked this team for a certain amount of time. But yeah. don't give up on team because they change their name. It's still baseball no. in Cleveland. Be excited about it. It's still football in Cleveland. All that other stuff. Yeah, yeah, speaking of football in Cleveland, I got to say, I'm an Ohio guy. I'm right here in the middle of Ohio in Columbus. But you're I, a Bengals fan. No, it's actually over East. You're a Steelers fan. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, sure. I know, I know. Um, we have a lot of those in Columbus. Man, yeah. Columbus is cut up just weird. You get the national, you get those Dallas Cowboys like fans yeah. and, and like the Dolphins. And then you get a few of the Bengals, not as many as I think the local stations think, but you get a few of the Bengals, a huge Browns, and then that huge Pittsburgh that just drives yeah. me nuts. Well, I got sorry. All due respect. Present oh yeah, company. no, no, no. I'm, I'm fine. It, it just the hard thing for me is, hey, you know, Pittsburgh's been dominant with Cleveland for a long time. It's going to change. It's pro sports. You can't yeah. be dominant for the rest of the time over somebody. The Browns got over. I, I just, it, it, it so hurts that playoff game where. Marquise Pouncey threw the ball outside the stadium, and the Browns guy got it. That hurts. <laughs> The fact that our once dominant defense gave up twenty points after the in the first quarter, I literally thought in the first quarter, my goodness, they're going to score over hundred against Pittsburgh because the Steelers played that bad. Yeah. And honestly, I was disappointed the Browns they actually let Pittsburgh come back as close as they did. I mean, I'm like, man, this should have been a hundred point blowout, which is crazy. What do you think about the Browns this year? I, I'm impressed by who they picked up. Yeah. Here's my okay, and I'm biased. I'm a Steelers fan. I'll admit it. I'm still not a hundred hundred percent sold in Baker Mayfield. He's a good quarterback. And then I'm still kind of looking back a couple years ago when they brought in a bunch of new players and it just didn't work out because you can't always throw a bunch of new players in the mix. Sell me on that Baker's the guy and sell me on that the fact that the Browns have a bunch of new defensive players and it's gonna kind of come together because if those things happen they could be a Super Bowl team I'm just not quite sure if I'm buying it that right now yeah on paper I think I'd stack them up with anybody I, I really would. I, I really would from top to bottom. Everything that we picked up on defense this year, I, this offseason has just been fantastic. Um, I like Newsom, the cornerback that we got. We really filled in holes that we needed on that defensive side of the ball, offensive side of the ball. You know, we've got Jarvis Landry, OBJ, of course, Chubb in the backfield. Um, you know, we've got a lot of weapons and Baker and Baker showed that he could take the next step. I thought last year, I, he really did. He stepped up um, in an offense that he doesn't have to be fantastic. You know, he doesn't have to be, he could be very good. He needs to be very good for us. And he's proven that he can be very good. I think the real key for the Cleveland Browns isn't going to be talent wise because, and which is wild. It, it, I haven't had a team for the Cleveland Browns not have a question mark talent wise since the mid eighties, you know, yeah. when I was like seven years old, right. Bernie yeah. Osar, uh, Webster slaughter, Ozzie Newsome, Clay Matthews, my mighty mini, uh, you know, Hanford Dixon, those days, right. I didn't have any question marks about, about the talent on that team. And we're getting to that point right now in Cleveland. The issue in Cleveland is now we got to take that with expectations, 
Yeah. Hey, we haven't had expectations. We've always been the plucky story. Even last year, we were the plucky story. Ah, we don't know. Is Baker really going to be able to do it? Is Chubb really going to come back strong? You know, what? what's Cleveland? A lot of question marks. This year, you have a lot more people like I just did signing off on the Cleveland Browns saying, hey, hey, this team, this team can play with anybody. And when national people start doing that, it's going to be up, and I really like this guy. It's going to be up to Kevin Stefanski, our head coach, and he's a young head coach. Uh, I thought he did a fantastic job last year. Uh, it, it very tough with COVID and everything that was going on to be able to navigate this team to the playoffs and back-to-back wins over your Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. I'll bring that up one more time. From his uh, base. Playoffs, when he wasn't even able <laughs> yeah. to be there, yeah. right, because he was under COVID restrictions at that time. He was watching from his basement. He's got to manage those expectations for the Cleveland Browns now. And that's going to be the interesting part right. is to see if they could take that step when everybody, everybody nationally is going to be saying, hey, the sexy pick is the Cleveland Browns AFC North. The Steelers are done. The Ravens don't quite have what it takes. And uh, Cincinnati's a few years away. It's going to be the Cleveland Browns. And to see if the Cleveland Browns can respond to that positively, because we haven't in the past. When we've come close, we have totally crapped the bed uh, in national games. You see how many times we're going to be on nationally. Every time we get up there, every time we're on the pedestal, we're not quite ready for prime time. So Kevin Stefanski has got to figure out a way to get these Cleveland Browns ready for prime time. And I, I think he could do it, guys. I, I really do. I think it's the Browns' time. But, you know, cautious optimist as a Cleveland as a Cleveland fan always, and, and that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic with these Cleveland Browns. I'm still looking at Pittsburgh, maybe a 9-10 win team. I just can't figure out when Big Ben's going over that proverbial cliff. Because near the end of last year, I mean, the game against the Bengals, I was like, my goodness, he's done. Because he had a first half, that Monday night game where they got killed by the Bengals. I mean, I, I've never seen worse quarterback in Pittsburgh. And there was a lot of years in Pittsburgh where they yeah. had terrible quarterbacks. But then he came back against the Colts, and he let him back. And I'm like, man, maybe he's back. And the Browns, he played terrible in the first quarter, too. He threw near the end of the game. Now, you you guys were in a prevent defense, so I'm not going to yeah. sit there and pat yeah. Ben too much on the, on the back. But I think they could be a 9-10 win if Ben's not terrible. And I've got faith in Najee Harris, but there's a lot more question marks. Like, I gave you two question marks about the Browns. Paul and I, we talk about the Steelers every week, and there's probably eight or nine that we can bring up right now about the Steelers where things could go well. I think there's still some talent on that team. What a juxtaposition. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, (laughs) and if we can answer those eight or nine questions, which is possible because of our coaching and everything, we could be decent. But I can't make the argument strongly enough. Uh, right this year for sure because I mean not just the Browns but you're you know the Chiefs are going to be great this year the Bills are looking a lot better I mean the AFC is a lot tougher than it used to be so oh absolutely and yeah Big Ben we've been waiting for I've been waiting to write the the, uh write the end of his career for for years now I mean (laughs) obviously I I followed him the whole time since I I went to Miami right so I knew him when he was at Miami and uh, I, I didn't think he would ever be what he has become. And now for the last five years, every year, I think that, that he's done. And I thought he was pretty close last year. And coming back this year, we'll, we'll see. Maybe Miles Garrett and uh, – uh, sorry about that. Oh, no worries. Did you guys get kicked off there? I've got one oh, of my, no, no, you're one of my son's you're friends here. ringing in all of a sudden. Oh, <laughs> 
It's, it's not Jimmy, tough, right? He's I would not say maybe Moss Jones? Garrett. <laughs> My son's playing games upstairs and doing FaceTime. Oh, uh, nice. Maybe Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney can get to him a few times this year. And maybe, uh, you know, you hate to end a guy's career, but, you know, it is the Steelers-Brown, so it's not like it's unprecedented <laughs> to have some bad blood in between the both of us. But, uh, yeah, it's the opposite for the Steelers. You know, the Browns, how do you manage expectations? The Steelers, you know, no matter how low the expectations might be coming into the year, you know they're going to be right there. They're going to be yeah. tough out always for the Browns, always for the Browns. So I, I hope they fall on hard times, obviously, but I know that they're the team that we're still going to have to beat in the division. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm seeing it's, it feels weird to say a 17 game season because I'm so used to 16. Yeah, I'm thinking eight, nine, 10 wins, but there's potential yeah. of everything coming together and they do better. Or as you said, there's potential things could go to crap and it could be worse. It, it just, but yeah, I, I always go back to don't count the Steelers, but I would be stunned to see them deep in the playoffs. I'd say if they make the playoffs, it's wild card probably, but go back yeah. to the Bobby Brister so I, days for the Steelers. Oh, That's great. I think I'm rubbing off on you because you were you were more optimistic a couple weeks ago. Now you're coming to my dark side that we're we're on the tail end of <laughs> we're 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 going to camp out in third place this year. That game against the Bengals and Chris, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, I suffered from Mark Malone for many years, <laughs> and I I saw Mark Malone and Big Ben. And I'm like, oh man. Take this away from me. So it's tough. But we don't have any quarterbacks right now, Chris. We're relying on Dwayne Haskins to be our hero. Yeah. Feel my pain, Chris. Yes. Feel my pain. Yes. Like 23 or whatever. How many ever starting quarterbacks we've had? That famous jersey of Brown starting quarterbacks going back to Couch and Ty Detmer back at the beginning of this uh, version of the Cleveland Browns. It's like, I don't feel any sympathy for you at all. Well, I'm hoping- <laughs> perfectly clear. I, I am hoping um, they brought him in as a camp arm during OTAs. Yeah. But they got this guy from Slippery Rock, who it was good Slippery Rock. Obviously, Slippery Rock and the NFL are vastly different. I love the guy's name, Roland Rivers. I'm hoping he takes aim. And I want our next franchise quarterback to be Roland Rivers. It, it's the best name. Great name. Ever. Great yeah. name. Local yeah. guy. I mean, isn't that, isn't that a local college, too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. I, I actually, good story. I got bored one night. I was looking on YouTube. He looked good, but Slippery Rock. I mean, you're you're playing, you know, <laughs> you, me, and Paul on the defensive backfield for the teams they were playing. You know, so when you get to being a star, I would be like, Chris told me I was in on the ground floor. Of that oh week. yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't <laughs> say star. I, I'm, I'm saying if we want a name, like you know, what I mean, if you're just bringing guys in from a cool name, he's my pick. But I'm I'm sure Mason Rudolph is a hundred times better than he is. When so. he's make, when he's next to his bust in Canton, Ohio, I'll be like, yes, Chris I really nailed that one. <laughs> It'll be great. I'll present Roland Rivers 20 years from now. It'll be fantastic. So. <laughs> the only guy who believed in me. Yes. Yeah. And I'll be like, I didn't believe him. I just loved his name. You know, so it'd be great. It'd be terrifying. So. <laughs> the shortest and greatest acceptance speech ever. Yeah, it'll, it'll be great. So. Well, Chris, I appreciate it. Thanks well, for as, coming on. Oh, as I'm a sorry. Browns fan, real quick, yeah. Chris, um, I think Pouncy Snap Ball is still floating in the Allegheny River. If you want me to <laughs> oh, run down geez. there and get it, I can send it over to you. It's just... That would yeah. be a great souvenir. I'd put it right there on my wall. <laughs> That's great. I appreciate that, Paul. I, if I, I see would... it, I'll grab it. <laughs> Please do. Please do. I, I was so stunned. I, I was so stunned that night. I was working on a web production desk. I was off that night, thank goodness. And I was actually emailing the Akron editor saying, do we need to cover this game? Because it got so bad so quick. He's like, yes, we're, we're the Akron Beacon Journal. We're covering the Browns playoffs. I'm like, oh, 
I, I was upset then. I'm glad I wasn't working. And I had to write all these stories about the Browns the next week. And oh man, Chris, it was painful. So hey, one of the I'm a I, sick individual. This is all making me feel better. About yeah, I know. I mean, this is the right greatest now. call you ever had. <laughs> That's right. I'm glad, I'm glad I went for it today. Well, I gotta say one other thing before we go. Did you ever think? I mean, you were obviously lots was written about you when you were doing the 0 16 parade. Did you ever think it could change around this quick? I mean, obviously, there's nowhere to go but up from there. But man, how long ago? That was only what three, four years ago. Now, yeah, the Browns have you know proved greatly since then. I mean, did you ever think that this could happen so quick? No, no, I, I had no reason. I had no evidence to believe it yeah. would around this quick. <laughs> I, I thought, hey, I was looking around the league. Everybody else in the last twenty years has had playoffs to have fun with, right? We had that one game against you all. Uh, yeah. where Dennis Northcutt dropped the ball. Otherwise, we would have beaten you, you guys. Right. And still, still to this day, hurts me. After that first half, I thought for sure we had it in the bag. And that's the reason in this last playoff game, I was waiting until the very end of that yeah. game to pop any bubbly. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's no way I thought that the Browns were going to turn it around this quickly. I thought the ownership group, the Haslams, I had totally written them off. I didn't think that they had what it took to really let the reins go, find the right people, um, let them make the football decisions that we needed to get to where the Browns would, would be restored to their glory that I think that they should be at. Um, I didn't think they had it in them. And to be able to turn it around like they did so quickly, um, it, it, wouldn't, it didn't surprise me in the NFL because teams do it all the time. I mean, the whole league is de- designed to go 8-8, eight and eight, right, yeah. to go 500. The way the draft is set up, the way the cap is set up, everything, the schedule is set up, it's all set up for that. So if it's another NFL team, it wouldn't have surprised me. But being the Cleveland Browns and my team, yeah, it surprised me that they turned around this quickly. But <laughs> you know, I, I, now I'm just riding the fun. You know, everybody yeah. said – you know, hey, you're Mr. Negative, Mr. 0 and 16. You know, yeah, they said no, about Mike Polk, you know, being the yeah. factory of sadness guy. Like, <laughs> right. what are you going to do when they're good? I don't know. I'm going to enjoy it when they're good. That's that's yeah. what I ultimately wanted. I'm a Browns fan. You know, I'm that seven-year-old when the Browns were playing the Jets in the playoff game and Gassino hit Bernie Kosar late. I, I'm, I'm standing on my chair going, the Browns are going to come back. The Browns are going to come back. I'm still that kid ultimately when it comes to my team. So to see where we're at right now just makes me giddy. I don't ever want to get back to those parade days. The parade days I want to get back to are the ones where it's the championship, the, the legitimate parade for Cleveland. And that's that's what we all deserve as Browns fans. I mean, we have been through hell, man. We have been through hell. We have seen the other side, and we deserve more than anybody else to celebrate a championship. Being a lifetime Ohio resident, I'm not going to get really angry if the Browns win it. Now, as a Seward fan, I can't be jumping up and down celebrating. My mom, I think it was 11. It was 86. That was the year that you know Elway had to drive. Yeah. I actually became a Browns fan for one game. This is my mom's like, you know, <laughs> she looks at 11-year-old Chris and says, hey, Chris, you know, I'm tired of you being a Seward fan. Can you back the Browns for this one game? So I backed for that game, and and I still don't Thanks like John Elway to say. Yeah, yeah, we definitely did. <laughs> we really know. appreciate that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> and sure and then the very next year, I was a fan for one game, and then we had the fumble. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're when like I decided in '95. I become a full-time Browns fan, yes, and the team yes. went away. So we really appreciate all your help here, Chris. Yeah, I should have said, "Screw you, mom!" And then the Browns have won the That's Super right. Bowl, and everything been great. Sorry, so. mom. Yeah, oh, we'd be a <laughs> dynasty by now. Dang well, it, best of luck, Chris. Well, best of luck with the Browns. Best of luck with uh, the big application. I, I, I'm interested in this. I mean, it did well for us on Saturday on the web, and I, I'm interested to see what happens. It's 
Yeah. It's a crazy time to Ohio State House. I'm anxious to see if you can make it in or not. So, well, thanks for your time. And everyone, thanks for checking out to Ohioan today. Uh, thank you for Jeff Timmons for coming on earlier. And thank you for Chris for coming on. Uh, Chris, if you hang on for a second afterwards, and everybody else, thanks for checking out to Ohioan. Uh, check our sponsors, share us with your friends. Have a great day. Thanks a lot. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.